You're listening to KBCR News. I'm Jessica Greenwell. On Fridays, we speak with former Press Enterprise columnist and longtime KBCR News contributor Cassie McDuff about some of the big stories around the Inland Empire. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning, Jessica. So the San Bernardino County Grand Jury issued a report telling Yucaipa officials that they need to rebuild trust with their citizens. What is that about? Yeah, this is an extraordinary step for a civil grand jury to take to basically school a city council in how it should treat its citizens. The grand jury investigation was prompted by a flood of complaints from residents of Yucaipa who believed the new city council majority who took office last year violated the state open meetings law last January by replacing the well-liked city manager without any notice to the public or any discussion and without posting the job opening or interviewing qualified candidates. And also because some residents suspected the new council members got rid of the city manager and city attorney to approve a controversial housing development that the previous council and planning commission had rejected. They also complained that they thought at least one council member had a conflict of interest because he stood to make money if the new development increased property values where he had a real estate listing. The grand jury found no violations of the law, but the report said the lack of transparency in how the new council conducted business and how it treated members of the public who disagreed created distrust, anger, and frustration. For example, one council member not named in the report said in response to public comment during a meeting, all I hear is blah, blah, blah. The grand jury cited the city's own code of conduct to school the council in the importance of respect and decorum. The report also noted that the city doesn't conduct in-person training on policies, procedures, and codes, or in the basic functions of city government, but hands out the policies in writing, which some council members don't bother to read. The grand jury recommended in-person training for each new council member within a month of being elected and periodic refreshers for all council members. It also recommended the city establish an independent watchdog committee to ensure the council follows the law and its own rules and a procedural audit every two years by outside experts to review whether the rules and procedures were properly followed in council actions. So what's been the city's response to the report? Well, the Southern California News Group story quoted the city manager from a press release as saying it contained some factual errors, but it didn't say what the errors allegedly were. The city has 90 days to reply to the grand jury officially. The city also pointed out that it did take some steps last year to improve transparency. It enacted what it calls the Yucaipa Sunshine Ordinance, effective July 1st. And wasn't there also a recall against the three new council members? Yes, the grand jury investigated what happened there, too. The recall ended up in court after the city clerk filed a lawsuit alleging the petition got its facts wrong. The recall process expired while awaiting a court hearing, and a judge declared the matter moot. But that brings up another disturbing issue. The city clerk sued not just the group that circulated the petition, but each individual citizen who signed it. And those citizens received anonymous letters claiming their personal information would be made public. That could be seen as intimidation and have a chilling effect on future attempts at California's famous direct democracy powers, the initiative, referendum, and recall. Powers given to California voters in 1911 to act when their elected government doesn't do what they desire. But the biggest example of that is Prop 13, the so-called taxpayer revolt in 1978. 
Well, a lot going on there. We'll see what the city's response is in 90 days, you said? Right. We'll check back in with that. And 40% of paramedic jobs in the Riverside County Fire Department are vacant. What does this mean for public safety? Well, with 123 vacancies, it means the remaining firefighter paramedics are having to work a lot of overtime to fill shifts. And even so, it means that on any given day, as many as eight fire engines countywide can only provide basic emergency medical care. Unfortunately, this problem isn't unique to Riverside County. It's happening all over Southern California and the nation. The paramedic shortage is being blamed on burnout and high turnover rates caused by the demands of the COVID epidemic, which also shut down paramedic training programs. And Riverside County Supervisor Kevin Jeffries said there's another factor. Cal Fire, which provides paramedics to Riverside County Fire on contract, requires paramedics to have previous firefighting experience. So most firefighters graduating from the academies don't qualify to apply for these jobs. So what's the solution to the problem? Well, they're working on that. The county executive office has been meeting with CAL FIRE to come up with a solution. A report on their conclusions is due out next month. Well, we'll check in there and see what the report concludes. Definitely. And the 2015 San Bernardino terrorist attacker's mother and sister let the government seize his life insurance policy payout. Right. This is Syed Rizwan Farouk. He and his wife were the terrorist couple who opened fire on Farouk's co-workers on December 2, 2015, during an office holiday party at the Inland Regional Center, killing 14 people and wounding 22. The government petitioned the U.S. District Court in Riverside to seize a $25,000 life insurance policy that Farouk received as part of his job benefits, as well as a $250,000 life insurance policy he took out in 2013, naming his mother and sister as beneficiaries. The family members had been fighting to receive the money, but the U.S. Attorney's Office alleged it was derived from a federal crime, terrorism against the United States and its citizens. So last month, eight years after the crime, the mother and sister gave up their claim to the money. A lawyer for the mother said she wanted closure, and continuing to fight in court would just reopen wounds she wanted to let heal. She was actually sentenced to home confinement for destroying evidence in the case, her son's handwritten plans for the attack, and a map of the IRC conference room where the party was to be held. She's not alleged to have known about the plan before the attack. Also, Jessica, the Riverside man who supplied Farouk with the assault rifles used in the attack, Enrique Marquez Jr., was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. Yeah, that was such a tragedy. Yeah, very sad case. A lot of people still suffering the effects of that attack. Almost 10 years later. Thank you so much, Cassie, for your reporting and your time as always. Thank you, Jessica. Longtime journalist Cassie McDuff helps us out regularly on our Friday morning news wrap, and these reports are posted at kvcrnews.org. This report is made possible with the support of the Southern California News Group, publisher of the Press Enterprise, San Bernardino Sun, Inland Valley Daily Bulletin, and other Southern California newspapers. I'm Jessica Greenwell, KBCR News.